Good evening and welcome this fourth Wednesday in Lent. Our service is available on our website, www.adventlutheran.org. Uh, the bulletin is available there for you to download and follow along. Uh, you will need that for 
the special hymn that we've been using during these Wednesday Lenten services, Our Eyes Behold the Savior's Face. If you have a hymnal at home, you'll be able to follow along as well. We begin with our opening hymn number 431, Not All the Blood of Beasts. Service of Prayer and Preaching, page 260 in the front of your hymnal. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting. The name of the Lord is to be praised. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and repents of evil. Jesus said, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory, Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and, and will be forever. Amen. Amen.
continue the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ tonight, part four, the Praetorium. When they had bound Jesus, they led him from Caiaphas to the Hall of Judgment and gave him over to Pontius Pilate, the governor. It was early. They themselves did not go into the judgment hall so that they might not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out to them and said, What charge do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If he were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Then Pilate said to them, Take him then and judge him according to your law. But the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. So the word of Jesus was fulfilled, signifying by what death he should die. The charges they brought against him were, We found this fellow perverting the nation, and forbidding us to pay taxes to Caesar, and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Do you say this for yourself, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Do you take me for a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have given you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would have fought that I should not be given over to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. I was born, and I came into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in this man. But the chief priest kept laying one charge after another against him. But Jesus answered not a word. Pilate questioned him again, saying, Do you answer nothing? See how many charges they lay against you. Jesus answered him, not a word. Pilate was utterly amazed. He said to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no case against this man. They pressed their charges more vehemently. He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. When he learned that he belonged in Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him on to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem for those days. When Herod saw Jesus, he was delighted, for he had long wished to see him because of what he had heard of him, and he had hoped to see him do a miracle. He questioned Jesus repeatedly, but he gave him no answer. The chief priests and scribes stood there and vehemently accused him. Herod and, his, Herod and his soldiers mocked him. They put on a splendor robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate became friends with each other that same day, for before this they had been at enmity with each other. Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, 
You have brought this man before me as one subverting the people. See now, I have examined him before you and have found nothing in this man guilty of any of your charges against him. And neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Mark this, he has done nothing worthy of death. I will have him punished and release him. Now at the feast, it was the governor's custom to release to the crowd any one prisoner whom they asked for. They had then a notorious prisoner named Barabbas. He was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder during the insurrection in the city. Pilate knew that it was out of malice that the chief priests handed Jesus over. Therefore he said to them, Do you want me to release for you Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? The chief priests and elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Pilate asked them again, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they cried out all together, saying, Away with this man and release for us Barabbas. While Pilate was sitting in the judgment seat, his wife sent him a message. Do not have anything to do with that man. I have suffered much over him today in a dream. Again, Pilate addressed them, for he wished to release Jesus. He said to them, What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ? What shall I do with him whom you call the king of the Jews? They all cried out, Crucify him. Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? I have found no guilt worthy of death in him. I will therefore punish him and let him go. But they cried out all the louder, Crucify him! Crucify him! Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers of the governor led him away into the praetorium. They gathered the whole band of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a purple robe on him. When they had woven a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they knelt before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! They spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. They knelt down and did him homage. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I bring him out to you that you may know I find him not guilty. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man! When the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I did not find him guilty. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by that law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. And when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall and said to Jesus, Where are you from? Jesus gave him no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and I have power to release you? Jesus answered, You would not have any power at all over me unless it had been given to you from above. 
For that reason, he who handed me over to you has the greater sin. This prompted Pilate to go on trying to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself a king sets himself against Caesar. And when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down in the judgment seat in the place that is called the pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. It was the preparation of the Passover about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold, your king! They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but rather a riot was underway, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this man. See to it yourselves. Then all the people responded, His blood be on us and on our children. Then Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, gave sentence that it should be as they demanded. He released to them Barabbas, for whom they asked, the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder. He had Jesus flogged and then gave him over to their will to be crucified. The soldiers mocked him, stripped him of the purple robe, put his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. The Ten Commandments. You shall shall have have no no other gods. gods. You shall shall not not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. The Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If looks could kill, can you picture eyes filled with rage? Likely you have seen it in the eyes of another, in a roundabout, or at the same time perhaps on your own face through an ill-timed glance in the rearview mirror. In the ancient world and still today, some, in some cultures, the evil eye is a glance that is thought to cause harm in the recipient. That's how I envision the eyes of the chief priests and scribes, the Sadducees and Pharisees, as they actively sought Jesus' deaths in tonight's Passion reading. They had been filled with hatred and murder as they gazed upon Jesus being greeted with praise in Jerusalem during Holy Week. And before that, when face to face with Jesus, they heard him speak woe and reproaches to them. If they could have spewed venom or shot hot, hot, shot hot arrows from their eyes at the Lord, they would have. Now as an adult, I am not sure what I did to deserve it, but I recall my reaction to the punishment I received as a child, probably more than once or twice. My father or mother had chastised me and sent me to my room. I vividly remember going into my room, and I think most children probably can at some point, and behind closed doors, muttering, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, thinking I was out of earshot of my parents, of course, not really possible in a house less than a thousand square feet. I'm sure my eyes had that murderous look, the same one the Jews had, but I knew in my heart that I had gotten what I could what I had coming from the misdeed and needed to be sorry and change my ways. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, said Jesus, no doubt with a rather stern fatherly look. Can you imagine speaking like that to people today? Speak the truth, certainly, but this is not language that will generally win friends and influence people, a la Dale Carnegie for all you older sales. People. But it was what they needed to hear, so those words were spoken in love, just as my father had done in disciplining me. God and his representatives never speak the law to us in malice, but only because we need to hear and recognize our sin and know what to repent of. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, said Jesus, for you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. 
Thus you witness against yourselves that you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers. Jesus wanted them to recognize their rank hypocrisy and repent. So he mockingly says, fill up then the measure of your fathers to bring them face to face with the murder that lie in their hearts under their pious pretenses and honoring, of honoring the murdered prophets and behind their pious platitudes of we wouldn't have done that if uh, we wouldn't have done as our fathers did jesus challenges them to push thing to push things forward to their logical conclusion i know your hearts i can see the murder in your eyes go ahead walk in the steps of your fathers why don't you go ahead and kill me too and continue your family tradition? And here they are just days later, not repentant before God in the flesh, but crying out to earthly authorities that are over them, crucify him, crucify him. Murder was in their eyes and the multi-generational guilt was real when the sons of the fathers lacked repentance. The preacher in Ecclesiastes says, There is nothing new under the sun. Murderous thoughts and looks are as old as the fall into sin. Cain's downcast eyes became murderous toward his brother. The cause of murder is always an agency of man. But the original source is the devil, who Jesus says was a liar and murderer from the beginning. St. John says that the murder of Cain was of the evil one. In addressing the Jews who wanted to kill him, Jesus identifies Satan as the father of all who hate God's Son. But how does that pertain to us? Aren't John and Jesus just wailing on Cain and the murderous Jews? Surely the Lord is not talking to us pious Christians some 2,000 years later, is he? Listen to his word. His apostle St. John writes, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And a bit later, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. Follow the logic with me. If I claim to love God while hating my brother... I am both a murderer and a liar and cannot love God. And if I don't love him, then I must hate him. Looks like Cain and the hostile Jews and all of us are in the same boat. This is why we make this confession to Jesus in our opening hymn. My soul looks back to see the burden thou didst bear when hanging on the cursed tree. I know my guilt was there. Don't lie to yourself. You're guilty. I'm guilty. You have said in your heart, I have reason for hating my parents. I can make excuses for wishing that my brother were dead. I have a good cause for casting an evil eye upon my neighbor in the roundabout or in the grocery store or wherever. That's enough to make you a murderer, guilty in God's sight, and place you under his wrath. The Jews filled up the measure of their fathers in tonight's Passion reading. And if we're honest with ourselves, we must see ourselves right along with them. We have no king but Caesar. 
and give us Barabbas. Our sinful nature so desires a king, a king that will let us justify ourselves and our actions based on the man-made law of mere men and not on the righteous, holy, eternal law of God given to us sinners in Scripture and in His holy commandments. The problem is, any earthly king or earthly solution is fruitless. It cannot save us. It cannot let us rejoice. What a marvel, then, that the Father would allow His Son to be murdered at the hands of sinful men just to save a bunch of rotten, rebellious sinners with eyes filled with rage against God and man. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. The wrath of God is not a murderous glance from the Father, but a look of righteous judgment upon the, guilty, the, upon the guilt of sin. We all deserve God's wrath, just as much as I deserved my Father's punishment. But instead of giving us what we deserved, God put it on Jesus. And Jesus willingly took it for us men and for our salvation. From the cross... Jesus looked upon the masses of humanity and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Original sin, which produces lies, hatred, murder, and every other sin is so deep a corruption that we cannot recognize the depravity of what we think, say, and do unless it is revealed by God's word. But once our murderous eyes have looked in horror on what we really have done, nailing the innocent Son of God to a tree with our sins, then we are also are ready for the joyful good news of the forgiveness of all of our sins for the sake of Christ's voluntary sacrifice at the hands of murderers, the death by which he has extinguished the wrath of God toward us. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Rejoicing is the, is the theme of Latare, the fourth Sunday in Lent. So rejoice in Christ, who has turned your murderous eyes away from sin, guilt, and despair, and lifted them up to look upon himself as your Savior. Amen. Amen.
in peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon, with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and for the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those that we name before the Lord now. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Most merciful Father, with compassion you hear the cries of your people in great distress. Be with all who now endure affliction and calamity. Bless the work of those who bring rescue and relief and enable us to aid and comfort those who are suffering, that they may find renewed hope and purpose. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and take them to heart that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank, I thank you, you, my, my heavenly, heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, Christ your, your dear Son, Son that, that you have graciously kept me this day. And I pray that you would forgive me all my sins where I have done wrong and graciously keep me this night. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen.
us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Amen. Amen. Thank you.